was in the race, I was very comfortable in the position I was in and working through the field nicely. And for whatever reason, the horse didn't take off at the jump. Everyone, and welcome to Down on the Farm podcast with me, Henry Carpenter. In this podcast, we're going to look at some inspirational stories, meet some great people and have some great chats. I'm really looking forward to the rest of Series 1. Uh, let's start with a bit of background information. My name's Henry, as I've said. I'm a local Hereford farmer and three years ago I had a life-changing accident on the family farm. Three years of rehab later, I've learnt some great life lessons, met some inspirational people and then a bit of fundraising along the side of it. I'm glad to say now, physically, day-to-day life isn't so challenging as it used to be a couple of years ago, but I'm still learning and developing with my experiences and this podcast hopefully will help with that. I'm going to bring you guys along too. This brings us into our first ever guest, Ed Barrett. Ed's been a really good friend and a really good family friend for many years. He was there for me on the start of my accident. He's actually one of the first people that actually ever messaged me, which has really stuck with me to this day. This day. But Ed had a pretty rough path himself. He was an amateur jockey and assistant trainer for Henry Daly. Back in 2015, though, in his mid-20s, had a life-changing accident while riding, falling off and breaking his neck. At just the age of 25, imagine being paralysed from the neck down and being told you probably won't walk again. You probably want to think your life is over, but eight years down the line of the intense rehab, Ed's now setting himself the challenge of climbing Mount Snowden. Absolutely amazing comparing to what he was like a couple of years ago. He's worked so hard for this. And I want to sit down with him as my first guest and find out What's really inspired him? Who are the people that have inspired his journey? How has the journey been so far? And what was his thinking like when he first had an accident? After all these years, just to sit down and have a great chat with him. So give it a listen. It's a really good chat. It's a bit waffling in places because it's both our first time doing this sort of thing. But we hope you enjoy. I'll leave all the information of how you can donate after. But enjoy the podcast and we'll see you on the other side. Joined by Ed Barrett. Ed Barrett, how are you? Very good, Henry. How are you? Not too bad, thank you very much. Can we start off um, before your accident? What was life uh, like then? What kind of jobs were you in? So I was um, working as assistant trainer to a uh, racehorse trainer called Henry Daly in Ludlow, and uh, I was still riding point to point, but I was sort of commuting down to Devon riding what I thought were the better ones, the better horses, and um, coming back up, back up to work for the Monday. So just riding at the weekends, really. So a pretty chaotic life then, so it would be quite full on, I imagine. It was, mate, it was full on. And uh, looking back, it probably wasn't the best idea to try and combine the two. I think you've either got to be a jockey and you fully commit, or you're either assistant trainer. I don't think you can do both, but you can't really look back. Yeah, you said you, you obviously had two jobs. Would it be, um, were you looking more to be a trainer or looking more to be a jockey? Because obviously in that game, you've got to have your mindset to be one or the other, really. Well, my jockey career wasn't really going anywhere at the time, but I was still enjoying it. So I thought I would ride the better horses and uh, not so many maiden horses and just have the fun. And I liked the idea of training horses, but... Um, would I have conti- would I have been a racehorse trainer? I'm not sure. Financially, I'm not sure it would have uh, worked out for me. Um, you need quite you need good backing to be a trainer, I think. 
Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um, so, day of your accident. Obviously, it's a it's a bit of a touchy subject. Um, and I know it's hard to speak about. What what was happening on the day? What were you racing for? So I was riding for a very nice man called Ray Alford, and um, I'd won on this particular horse twice before, maybe three times, twice before, it's intermediate, and um, travelled down with my dad down to point to point called Upcook Cross, and um, who I'm friends with the owners who, who have that point to point, very nice people, and... Um, yeah, it just, uh, so I was in the race, I was very comfortable in the position I was in and working through the field nicely and for whatever reason, the horse didn't take off at the jump and um, I fell and I was on the floor and a couple of horses basically trampled, trampled me and the... Unfortunately, the, the exposed part of my neck was on show and they struck into that and I broke my neck and could not move on the ground. Um, so, yeah, it was uh, not a nice time. No, no, even even to sit here, you know, hear, hear that, it's just, you can't you can't imagine it unless you've been through it. Um, I, can, I, can, I can sort of feel the feeling. I had the same in my accident. Obviously, I wasn't paralysed or anything. I was very lucky that that didn't happen to me, but having the feeling that you have an accident like that, you obviously sort of, you don't even know what to think at the time. Um, what, what were your parents' reactions to that? Was it, um, I know how your dad was almost making, it, almost making a joke, wasn't he, in the uh, back of an ambulance? Or, no, was it no not? He, he, he wasn't making a joke. Uh, he, he, he was just very, very much like Dave, and he was like, proper hair oh, yeah, yeah, he's gone and done it now, and I think he was almost sort of scared to tell my mum and, uh, I don't know what my mum's reaction was, but I can't imagine it being very good. And, um, yeah, not a nice time for everyone, but we've sort of moved on from that now. It's eight years ago. Like, I I, um, I don't mind talking about it, but I think um, people kind of have moved on from it a bit now. I've moved on from it. And um, I think it's important to tell people where I've come from, but I don't, I don't really like to look back at it too much because you got to look forward, Henry, really. Like, yeah, same yeah. as your accident, you've moved on from it now, and you, I think it's made you a stronger person, do you think? 100%, 100%. It's, um, you learn a lot of things, you learn a lot of things from new people, and you get a def- definitely different mindset to life. I definitely think um, you've hit the nail on the head a bit with people, because I've met a lot of people that I wouldn't have met had I not had my accident, and Absolutely. you've got to think that as a positive, and I've met some some very good characters, very entertaining characters, and some nutcases. Some stuff you just told me before this yeah, set up. We can't mention on here. No, but... we can't mention on here. <laughs> Although we get more listeners probably if we went and told yeah, stories. Maybe, yeah, maybe in the future when we don't have a... Rather than the inspirational message, we <laughs> say, yeah, all the, all the naughty stuff. But, um, yeah, so I've met some, I've met some great people, and, um, okay, my life has gone down a lift different, different line than it might have, but, um, at the end of the day, I'm still, I'm still here and I, I live in a nice home. I've got my family around me and, um, life moves on. Mm. So in the early days, obviously after your accident, it must be a, a very life changing thing to go through. And it must've been, you know, I, I wouldn't know what to feel myself. 
what was the mindset in the early days? Was it, you know, you know, why the why has this happened to me and why, you know, you almost feel like, um, why would, would you choose me if you've done nothing wrong with your life or you feel like, oh, this is it for the rest of my life, I'm just going to be, you know, bed-bound? Or did you have the mindset to keep on going and get into the state you are now where you're, you know, relatively happy with your life and you're doing all these amazing challenges? Not, I didn't, um, not straight away. I couldn't accept things for a long time. And um, I think with any traumatic injury, especially a spine injury, it's a process you go through. You, it's like losing a loved one. You go through your grieving first, then you're angry, then you're depressed. And then you think, right, this is boring being depressed now. I need to get on with things. And it wasn't until I was getting movements back in my in my like in my feet and my toes that I thought there's a possibility here that I could make some sort of recovery and the moment that I got yeah so the moment I um, got into the gym part of the hospital and uh, started doing that then I had a bit more of a focus really yeah that's really good uh, were there any key people in your... Because I know for me, you were definitely a key person. You first... When I first had my accident, you, you know, when I got my phone eventually, you were one of the first people that popped up and messaged me because I obviously knew you at the time of your accident. Uh, were there any big inspirations to you that got in touch or you thought, actually, I want to be like them one day, doing anything? Not, not really to start with. Um, I had good people around me in terms of surgeons and consultants um and it wasn't until i got out of hospital and got to oaksy house really and a couple of lads from school come to visit me and and i think it was so my accident was 2015 and in 2017 i think it was i started following ed jackson uh who had a spinal injury diving into a swimming pool started following him who was an incomplete injury like myself less injured than me but similar type of injury and started following his sort of challenges and progress so people like him inspired me really oh really good um back then we obviously you were at the house and you were spending a lot of months in hospital i know rehabbing from that sort of thing when you came back home what was uh, life like then because i know we're sat in here and you're already amazing sort of lodge that you built um but when you first came back was it hard adapting back to to farming life i suppose oh it was horrible. Yeah, yeah very difficult because i was in a farmhouse that wasn't adapted to me it was a bit of a sort of shock to my parents when i left oaksy house i was suddenly back home without without giving mum and dad much notice really and um it was a cold farmhouse everything is quite a big farmhouse so everything was far apart and you just think this you eat simple tasks turn into marathon tasks mm. living there so yeah it was diff difficult for mum and me and family but we got through it and actually because it was challenging getting up the stairs and things it actually forced me to do rehab without wanting to do it because i had to get up and down the stairs and things like that so and we didn't want to we needed to make sure where i was at in my um recovery before we started doing drastic changes to the house mm. or making rash decisions we we made sure like i was as recovered as possible before we sort of built my uh built my little bungalow 
uh, that's not too far from the farmhouse. Oh, right, that's really good. Um, so obviously, I know a couple of years ago you did this big walking challenge with the Indian Jockeys Fund. Uh, was that your first sort of first big challenge? Obviously, having a goal to work towards, I think, it really helps your rehab. From definitely from my point of view, um, do you think that's influenced what you've decided to go on to do now? Uh, yes, I um. So the first one was the Newbury Paddock Challenge. Yes, of course. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that that sort of gave me a feel of these challenges and doing, um, you know, doing it. But I um, so that sort of happened by chance, really. I was just in the gym and I was practicing trying to walk without sticks, without crutches, and I I could only do so far, and then I'd have to stop, and. I've got a sort of limit of my distance, so we practiced in the gym, and then I thought, what's a sort of safe sort of area where I can do a little walk challenge just to sort of show my gratitude to the Indian Jockeys Fund. Went to Newbury, it um, it went down really well, and after that, I got a bit of a taste of it and thought, well, I can. What else? What's next? What else can I do? And obviously now you're going on, people who are listening to this who don't know, you're going to climb Snowden in August this year, which is next month for us, um, for Minas Ambulance Charity and Indian Jockeys Fund. Obviously, uh, can you explain what Indian Jockeys Fund means to you um, before we go on to the air ambulance? So the Indian Jockeys Fund, I'm not sure when it was set up, but it's, it's there to support people who have had life-changing injuries from racing. And um, yeah... They were just massive support from the start of Maxton and it allowed me to carry on my physio from hospital where I was making progress to carry on at Oaksy House. And um, they supported me with things like wheelchairs, crutches, scooters, and not only that, mentally as well and physically. So there have been a massive part to my recovery. So I like to put back into that charity because Unfortunately, racing is the best sport, but it is the the most dangerous. So there is going to be more injured. Unfortunately, there is going to be more injured jockeys in the future. And although they're trying to make it as safe as possible, it you know you can't wrap people up in cotton wool. But you know what the injured jockeys fund does well is look after their own. And um, so I like to put back into them. And obviously, the, you know about the air ambulance yourself yeah. when you have a. Wait, when you when you've got that ambulance coming for you, it's a relief, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. I think being in a rural area, especially like racing, um, and I know that obviously with spinal injuries, it's a lot more serious as well, to do with the cardiovascular sort of stuff. And um, for me, it was internal bleeding. But if if I hadn't had them, I wouldn't be here today because they're just in rural communities. We don't have local hospitals and nothing like that. And obviously, getting through trauma, getting to yourself to the right trauma center to get the right treatment. You know, it all comes into one with them. Um, yeah, basically saved my life. So, uh, yeah, but I'm glad you're doing it for them as well. So, only how many, how many days are we are we away from? Um... I'm not actually sure. I'm trying not to think about it, mate. No. It's scaring me. Um, it's about three weeks away. Three weeks away. Just under probably. So how's how's the body feeling? I know we were saying you did a massive walk yesterday. Yeah. So yesterday was the first time I've done back to back walks, as in walked as far as I can, then had a break for a couple of hours, and then gone and done the same distance again and it was a bit, a bit of a shock to the system really um uh going okay a bit daunting but um well it is what it is and we'll just see how we get on mm. well um just to round up then how 
does it feel to know that you've got all the support around you? Obviously, I know the press are probably going to get quite involved with all this challenge. Then obviously you've got your family around you. Um, moving on with that, how, how supportive are your family on this sort of stuff? Are they with you all the way or they think, because think, they think I'm a bit mad when I did my 300 mile cycle and that sort of thing. Yeah. Mate, to be honest, my mum and dad leave it to me. They, yeah. It's up to me really what, what if I, they obviously are supportive, but they're not, they're not holding my hand through it. They they just say, if you want to do it, then you've got to get on. And yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. But I've got Russ and Evie, um, my brother is coming with me. So, and I've got a good team around me that are going to try and help me get up to the top. Right, right. So, Ed, thank you very much. Um, best of luck with the challenge. Hope it all goes well. And, um, yeah, thank you very much. Proper good chat we had with Ed there. He speaks about what he's been through with his injury. And it was really touching just to be in the room with him while he was speaking about that. Because, for me, even trying to speak about my action, it is very hard. If you haven't been through something like that, trauma is it's hard to speak about. So, I'm really touched how he opened up on this podcast for us. It's going to be a great first episode. If you want to sponsor Ed on his about 9 or Henry Carpenter 2 on our Instagram pages, there's all the links on there uh, on this, for Miller's Aramless Charity and Ninja Jockeys Fund. Two things that are close to very both of our hearts, especially in the rural area we live and the stuff we're interested in. Uh, they're great charities, so please go and check them out as well. Episode 2 hopefully will be coming out soon, so follow us on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook for Down on the Farm podcast. And we'll hope to see you soon. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed. Thank you.